to the next edition of our Havas Education podcast, Talking Eds. And today I'm really pleased to welcome Alice McKenzie, who is our Insight Manager at Havas People and also working across Havas Education. Hi, Alice. Welcome. Glad you could make it today. Really looking forward to chatting to you uh, over the next 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, my usual introductions before we go into the chat, um, let's give all of our listeners a brief introduction to who you are and what you do. Great. Thanks, Tash. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Um, so, yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what I do and a little bit about me. Um, I've been in the market research industry for about six years now. I've been working across consumer, employee, as well as higher education, marketing and communications. I joined the Insight and Strategy team at Have Us People back in June 2021 to help build up our insight capability um, and try and provide insights and research to support both our creative teams and um, supporting our media strategy, working across both employer marketing and higher education marketing. Thanks. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Um, well, as I say, welcome and thanks for joining me today. Um, so we thought that it would be an opportune moment to cover off some insights and thoughts from our most recent life interrupted report, the eighth in the series, I believe. And um, we've actually also had a blog going out. So hopefully this will support some of the information that you're going to be talking about in your blog. So um, let's go into some of the questions. Um, I think, first of all, it would be good to explain exactly what the Life Interrupted Report is, giving us a bit of background context to it and some of the methodology that you use. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for those that don't know, Life Interrupted is our thought leadership series that has been looking at the ongoing impact of the pandemic on A-level students. Uh, so the study was initially set up by the Strategy and Insight team back in March 2020, obviously when the UK was entering its first lockdown. And the goal of the study really was to track the impact of the pandemic on the lives and the education of A-level students, particularly in relation to, you know, university decision making. Um, it's really helpful, uh, you know, it raises brand awareness of Havas education, um, but it's really helpful for us in terms of generating bespoke and relevant insights to use in our marketing strategies um, for our clients. Brilliant. I absolutely agree with all of that. Um, and we certainly do use it in all of our current and future thinking strategies as well. So we're very grateful that you as a team have been doing the report with us. Yeah, no, happy to help. And um, also just to sort of tell the audience as well a little bit about our methodology before um, going into you know the findings. So the way that we um, sort of carry out the research is um, we survey around 600 A-level students. Um, so this is quantitative survey um, with a range of different questions covering lots of different topics. But then we supplement that with a qualitative online community. This year we had around 40 active members um, and this was over about 10 days. Um, and that really helps gather the sort of why behind the what of the results of the survey. And then for the report, which we'll be talking about in a moment, um, we kind of integrated findings from both the survey and the online community. Great. 
Thanks for that, Alice. Can you just give us a bit more detail around how many reports we've run? Um, I mean, I did mention earlier it was the eighth so far, so there's a bit of a clue. But um, if you could just outline when we started and why we started it, when we did and the sequence of the, the reports that would be useful. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, as I said, so um, obviously we, we got going in March 2020 as the UK was entering its first lockdown because it was recognised there was a real need to sort of understand as and when the lockdown was happening and the pandemic was going on, you know, what was going on for A-level students. Um, obviously, quite a lot has changed since then. Um, there's been a number of releases uh, actually over the course of 2020 when obviously the UK was in and out of lockdown. There was a total of six reports. Um, and then in the summer of 2021, there was a seventh report, um, but obviously students were still experiencing disruption in the first half of the year. And then this has brought us to the summer of 2022. And obviously for many of us, the pandemic feels like a bit of a distant memory now. Um, however, we knew it would be really important to still keep in touch with A-level students, understand what was going on, because actually the A-level students that we spoke to earlier this year, around April time, were students who had never sat GCSEs and had actually experienced a lot of time in and out of the classroom over the last couple of years. So you know, it was apparent that the ripple effects of the disrupted education were still being felt. So that's why we got into the research this year as well. Great. Thanks for that and outlining all of that. Sounds like a lot of work has been going on. Um, we'll talk about a bit later what the kind of future holds, but we'll just keep people in suspense for a little bit longer. Um, so let's go into some of the detail around some of the findings and what you've talked about. Um, one of the topics that you looked at was their kind of academic confidence and how students were actually coping with life and learning um, since the pandemic. What what are some, some of the key findings that came out of that particular um, element of the report? Um, yes, yeah, so we wanted to understand, you know, how the you know, the ongoing disruption over the last couple of years had sort of impacted their academic confidence. So we did ask quite a lot around how they were feeling about, you know, their confidence in the classroom and that kind of thing. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, this batch of A-level students, they were the first year group to miss their GCSEs, the first year group to sit A-level exams since the start of the pandemic. Um, and of course, unsurprisingly, this left them feeling pretty uncertain and insecure about their abilities. Um, and what we found, you know, especially in the qualitative element of the research, when we asked students why this was, um, it wasn't just the fact that they didn't have the practical experience of sitting real exams, but there was a lot of different reasons for this sort of insecurity. They they also felt that their motivation and their sort of engagement with learning had been hampered during the pandemic and that they still were feeling the aftermath of this. Um, they also, for some, kind of had this sense of imposter syndrome after getting teacher assessed grades. And actually, all of this resulted in a massive 77% of students in our research saying that they feel less confident in their academic and learning abilities post pandemic. This is a really big number. It and is quite a concerning. really big number. Yeah, mm. it's quite sad, really, isn't it? And I guess ultimately that will have, you know, an impact for the next few years and maybe even into the long-term future with some of those students. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is something that even previous cohorts hadn't experienced, especially because they'd, you know, previous cohorts, even that we'd used in the study, hadn't actually um, had to do those exams. So I think with all those pressures, 
it certainly, you know, means it's quite a unique experience for this batch of A-level students. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how they cope in future and whether this sort of lack of confidence carries over into, you know, university. Yeah, exactly. Was it a similar sort of finding from that's talking about their academic confidence, but from their kind of personal confidence levels as well? Did you did you look into some of those aspects? Yeah, so we definitely wanted to understand, you know, how their sort of confidence in sort of socialising um, and the sort of general outlook as well, how that had been affected, um, you know, during the pandemic, post-pandemic. And um, so, yeah, as well as the learning academic, learning and academic abilities, we also found um, a lot of interesting findings around um, how their social confidence had been impacted. Um, and on top of that, um, there was quite a lot of, you know, quite sad, uh, you know, statistics around their mental state and general outlook on the world. Um, so the reason, one of the things that I wanted to include in the research um, was questions around their sort of life satisfaction and anxiety levels, because actually just before starting the research, um, I'd come across some uh, research from the ONS, uh, the Office for National Statistics, which had highlighted, and it was in the news as well um, here and there, it actually highlighted that um, young people between 16 and 29 have very high rates of anxiety, uh, low levels of life satisfaction, and also lower levels of feeling that life is worthwhile amongst, um, yeah, this audience group. And I wanted to see how these figures looked amongst A-level students in particular, so sort of within the 16, 17-year-old age range. Um, and quite uh, worryingly, actually, um, looking at these metrics, they were even you know, even more likely to say that they were feeling anxious um, more than any other age group, you know, in the population, looking at the ONS statistics. Um, they showed the lowest rates of life satisfaction versus all the other groups in the population. And also um, they were less likely to feel that life is worthwhile. Um, so really, it was just pointing to the fact that they'd been through a very rough time. Um, and all of this is very important for us to keep in mind when, you know, when, when we're planning on how to address or talk to this audience, um, you know, with that kind of understanding of, of what they've been through in their mental state, really. Yeah, and I guess there's some tips there just in terms of, um, you know, they are going into university and what can the university offer to them in terms of their mental health and well-being support and um you know also telling students in the lead up to them applying to university for example what services are available to them because if they are feeling quite um low in confidence then they're going to want to have um a good support system around them ultimately yeah yeah, yeah definitely so that's quite a good segue actually just just thinking about um how they make some of their choices about going to university um, and what their kind of current and future views are about going to university. Um, I think there was a fair bit of insight into that. So if you wouldn't mind expanding on that, that would be great. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, so, yeah, we found that coupled with these changes to their sort of social and academic confidence and obviously that strain on their mental health, um, we also found in the study some interesting changes when it comes to their views of university. So although the majority of students that we spoke to were planning on going to university, so it was around 70%, for the 30% who said they were still kind of deciding if they wanted to go, we found that the reasons for being uncertain had actually changed quite a bit um, since last year's study. So when we asked this cohort of students who said that they were not sure about university and, you know, 
they're still making their mind up why it was that they were kind of uncertain. Um, there were a few interesting increases. For example, more people said they're is because they're tired of studying. That was up 14%. More said that they want to go straight into employment. Again, that was an increase of 14%. Um, more people said they want to avoid university debts, up 8%. Um, more said that they had an interest in pursuing other qualifications, and that was up 12%. Um, and so it's just really interesting to sort of keep note and keep track of what some of those mo like factors are for people being uncertain about university. I think the the concerns around debts are probably going to get worse given, you know, the cost of living crisis um, and being tired of studying, I guess, in a way was not surprising because they'd had such a difficult time over the years with being in and out of the classroom. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe next year or how those motivations sort of change and whether it has an impact on people's decisions to go to university. Um, and what was also interesting on this is that we asked A-level students what were their decision factors are when sort of choosing university, um, particularly if anything had sort of got more or less important to them sort of due to the pandemic. Um, so, of course, the main reasons people choose university generally stayed the same, you know, reputation, facilities, uh, distance from home, that kind of thing. But what was particularly interesting in our study is um, some things had got more important to students um, and I think this kind of makes sense in the context of what they've been through so things like mental health support, um, academic support, affordability advice, uh, financial support and also remote learning opportunities which um, we found particularly from our qual research that the options for remote learning has got particularly more important for the more sort of introverted learners who actually you know enjoyed studying at home during the pandemic um, so all yeah. of these things are very important for you know, universities to think about their offering, um, especially for this cohort of students. Yeah, that's really useful, actually. I mean, they're almost, I don't know if you're going to sum up in a minute in terms of your kind of overall implications, top mm -hmm. tips, whatever you might want to call it, but definitely, you know, what's become more important for them when they're making those choices, they're almost like um, signals of things that potentially people could use in their marketing communications, um, yeah. go into more detail when they're um, speaking to people at open days or whatever it might be to really focus in on those particular areas. Yeah, and I, I definitely think from the qual research particularly, you know, it, we, it was almost every single um, student in that in the in our online community they were saying. I'm worried about the mental health support. You know, I'm worried that some universities, they've said some top tier universities have bad reputations for sort of um, not looking after students' mental health. And it was, it was, you know, significant the amount of students who were talking about how they would be looking out for signs that universities are going to support them in that area. So it's definitely, you're right, I think it's definitely one that universities should think about highlighting, you know, in their marketing communications um just to make sure that students feel reassured that they're going to get that you know if they go to that university yeah 100 mm -hmm. so just in terms of kind of summing up some of the overall implications um i don't know if you have a nice little <laughs> few summary points or how you want to expand on them in terms of i'm very jealous that the last podcast which was with Sam from our social media team they had bells for their top tips I don't know <laughs> that I can guarantee you bells but uh... oh well now you now you've teased me with bells I hope that <laughs> I hope these get added in now <laughs> um yeah I mean I've got a few sort of top um 
implications moving forward and I I think what I'll do is just sort of go through as what I've talked about already sort of implications based on you know as what I've talked about the this the social um confidence and academic confidence what that means for unis the implications for university decision making and also their mental health so starting off with implications um for you know how they're feeling life post pandemic as we saw, many in this cohort are still recovering from um, the pandemic in terms of their social confidence, uh, confidence in their learning and academic abilities. Therefore, top tip coming, universities should think about increasing efforts um, that encourage peer-to-peer -peer connections. Um, for example, things like providing different opportunities for collaborative learning um, or encouraging uh, mentorship programmes or sort of peer-to-peer -peer tutoring options. Um, other important implications when thinking about this is looking at extra measures to sort of boost students' academic confidence, especially amongst this cohort, um, as we know, um, who are, you know, significantly um, more uncertain about their academic abilities than other cohorts. Um, so looking for ways to support them um, because they feel, you know, less prepared. So looking at how you can sort of help them feel more prepared, for example, this could be improving inductions, um, planning transition support, um, just taking extra care to make sure that those students really understand the academic content and kind of what's expected of them so they're, they're really clear on that um yeah and lastly I just wanted to interrupt you sorry yeah <laughs> um sure <laughs> just going back to the peer-to-peer -peer, um element I think um I mean we talked as well just about um how important that is and and thinking back to some of the marketing communications again um just you know using any of that peer-to-peer -peer support so whether it is in social media where people can talk directly to each other or through unibuddy or some of those other services where they can chat directly to the students and really see what that whole kind of um university experience is like at that particular institution and i'm guessing things like that are really kind of high up on the priority list these days yeah 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 for sure um and i think a lot of students as well um, in our online community uh, sort of after the survey were talking about how they sort of try and reassure themselves um, about the university that they're deciding on by looking at sort of blogs and videos and social media posts just to see you know is this person like me and can I imagine myself there and I think that's a lot yeah a lot to do with sort of reassurance it's kind of just seeing someone who you can relate to in that position and just going okay this is for someone like me and yeah. yeah, it could just be, there could be lots of different ways that universities facilitate that feeling that, you know, you're not alone. Um, you know, there's other people like you here or that can support you here and just giving them that sense of reassurance through, um, yeah, peer-to-peer -peer connections, that kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. So I interrupted you, apologies about no that. Worries. <laughs> <laughs> no, good point. Did you want to carry on? Sorry, I no that's fine so flow. <laughs> yeah all good um so yeah the other implications that um, are important for universities sort of keep in mind this is now in the realm of sort of university decision making so um as i said some reasons for being unsure about university have um you know have changed so wanted to go straight into employment and worries about debt um and so really it's just important for universities to take note of some of these potential barriers um, for students when it comes to applying so that these can potentially be addressed head on when you know marketing to students who are still in that decision stage um, so I think yeah it's really important just to keep those barriers in mind to think about 
you know, how might we, if this is what someone's worried about, whether it's debt or, uh, you know, you know, wanting to go straight into employment and not not being 100% sure of the value of university, then just keeping those in mind might be able to help um, with what you're putting in your sort of messaging and in your marketing um, strategies. Um, and then another important implication, you know, when choosing university, as I said, students are more conscious of, um, you know, the academic and the mental health support that's available. Um, so obviously it's important student uh, universities have these support systems in place. But as we were saying, Tash, I think what's also important is thinking about when you're putting yourself out there as a university and you're putting your, um, you know, your marketing out there, it's thinking about how can we signal the, you know, the, the support that we do have on offer so that so that students who are worried about whether that support is there, you know, feel reassured and can see it that it is going to be there when they join. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, this particular report was um, talking to year 12s and year 13s, but some of the, you know, the implications, I think, are as important to explain to parents as they are to the actual students as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it. I think it could be as well. I think it's just keeping in mind everything that they are sort of having to weigh up and decide um, at this time of their life. Um, and actually that is a quite a nice segue into um, my final kind of implications that I have for um, when thinking about some of those findings that I was talking about earlier when it comes to their state of mind and emotional state. Um, you know, as we saw, quite sad finding, but this this cohort are, you know, considerably more likely to say they're anxious versus the general population. Um, and again, it's just really important that universities are aware of, you know, these students' emotions and state of mind when planning how to talk to them being sensitive and having empathy when talking to students who have been through quite a difficult time. Um, obviously, university is such a milestone. It presents lots of new challenges for, you know, this audience, that the academic pressures, gaining independence, managing finances, and all of this is exacerbated amongst the student population that's lived through the uncertainty and disruption of the pandemic. And I think what's been really useful to highlight with this report is that whilst we feel like we've got back to normal life, the long-term effects on people's mental health, young people's mental health shouldn't be underestimated. So it's more important than ever that universities really lead in developing, I think, very effective systems to sort of, you know, promote mental health and well-being for students um, from the, you know, the first day to their last day at university um, and just reassure them that they've got that support really. Yeah. And that's uh, all my implications for you. I don't know if there's a noise for the end of that uh, to wrap up all those uh, implications, but maybe that we can just use a bell or something to signify that. I'll leave that to someone else to, to decide. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. Um, so I think we're sort of wrapping it up now. Um, maybe this is the million dollar question, but what's the kind of plans for an extra report or what kind of topics we might be interested in looking at for the future. I mean, we've talked a couple of times throughout this um, this particular podcast, but I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> uh, no, it's a really great question. Um, don't know 100% what the answer is yet, but I know that there will be some key things that we want to explore in the next iteration of this research. We know it's really important, um, you know, for our own media planning and, and strategy planning that we are aware of, you know, their thoughts of university decision making. Um, I think given everything we found out about their mental health and well-being and their concerns around support at universities, that's again something we want to make sure that we're keeping in touch with and exploring in 
in the next phase of the research, whatever that looks like. So I think some of those key themes and topics we'll definitely want to, um, you know, get a pulse on when we do another study. It might not be with the pandemic in mind, but I think whatever we do, we'll have to be touching on the key things that we know will inform our sort of um, marketing strategies and help our clients as well. We're talking to this cohort of students. Definitely. And I'm guessing the cost of living might be high up on that list as well. I think that probably has to be one that's factored in, especially, as I said, we noticed that more students were saying that they one of the reasons they're uncertain about university are those debts and also saying that they're looking out for financial um, advice and support when going to university. So I think we've already got sort of a nugget of something there and maybe looking into how we can look at that in more detail, you know, in the next iteration of the report and seeing what that means for university decision making and what that means for, you know, A-level students in general. Um, yeah, I think that would definitely be on the list. Any other right. ideas? Welcome. <laughs> well, I was just about to say that, actually. I was just about to say, um, anybody who's who's listening to this or who's potentially read your blog as well, and perhaps this is the advert for your blog, um, feel free to get in touch with us as the, if there's a particular area that you um, would like for us to explore. Can't guarantee that we will, but um, happy to hear suggestions. That would be good. Yeah, send, so, them, send them our way. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I just want to thank you, Alice, for participating in today's podcast and also for um, writing the blog that, as I say, I've probably mentioned that more times than I potentially <laughs> need to, but <laughs> always good to put it out there. Yeah, um, I like it. I like it. Good, good promo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been really interesting uh, talking about the research again um, and getting my ideas and, and thoughts planning for next the next iteration of the study. So, yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks very much for that, Alice. Um, so if anybody does want to get in touch with either of us, um, then they can do so. You can come through on the haveuseducation.com website or look at any of our social media channels or contact me through email at natasha.kint at haveuspeople.com. And just to say finally, we've been talking specifically today about our proprietary reports, our life interrupted reports. Um, but we do also work with uh, market insight teams across the higher education space on bespoke research as well. So um, feel free to contact us if you would like more information on that. And thank you very much, Alice. Speak no to you in Thanks. the office soon. Yeah, see you soon. <laughs> bye. See ya. Bye. See ya.